Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound as always. They've been with us since the very beginning. If you want a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to check them out. Contact Evan Orvath or get in touch with one of us and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Today's episode is also brought to you by Podium Clothing Co. Racing and car apparel for all. Visit Podium Clothing on Facebook or Instagram or visit them at onlypodiums.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by PlanBSales.com and CircleBDieCast.com. If you're looking for any diecasts or any other NASCAR memorabilia, be sure to check them out. Use promo code BFP123 for free shipping on orders over $20. Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pull hair, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years, so. Uh, Occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we had some out we beat him so it's all good uh, that's new uh, <laughs> uh all right boys and girls so uh as always i'm charlie i got bradley next to me here uh we're gonna have another zoom call this week uh this is episode 125 so on the other side of this uh this laptop here the other side of the program that we use uh we have an xfinity series driver uh, we've got someone who's been in trucks. We've got someone who's actually raced rather local to us as well, too. Uh, that being said, we've got CJ McLaughlin. What's up, pal? What's happening, guys? Thanks for having me on. Uh, not, not to be rude, but what Charlie just said is basically all we know about you. So yes, this uh, is true. So, so what Charlie usually asks is who the hell is CJ McLaughlin? And you're supposed to, <laughs> you're supposed to put the listeners in, but we also need to be filled in. So yeah, not again, not to be rude, but, uh, who, who the fuck is CJ McLaughlin? <laughs> Yeah, man. Hey, so I grew up in, I uh, grew up in Birmingham, Mass. I grew up racing at a uh, Hudson Speedway. I did a bunch of years there just racing four bangers. Uh, me and my dad are kind of dirt four poor. So like we had a lot of help. I had a local junkyard in Birmingham, Mass. Kind of set me up with Chevy Cavaliers every time I'd wreck one coming off of a uh, turn one, right at that catch fence in Hudson Speedway that everybody knows about. Uh, yeah, he set me up pretty good. And then uh, we raised hobby stocks, strictly stocks with you know, Hudson called him. And then uh, from there, I took a little time off and then I raced a classic light, which is a touring series, which is like a, a legend car, basically, without the fenders. Yeah, our, uh, our good pal Justin drives those. Yeah, I think, he yeah. Won. I think he won yesterday or something. I don't know where, but congrats yeah. to him. Justin actually bought my old race car. Oh, right. That's why he won so much. I set him up for success, hopefully. <laughs> uh, apparently. Yeah, so... He, uh, he seems to do pretty good. In, in college, actually... To buy that car, I took a student loan out and had some money left over. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a classic light because, uh, you know, times were tough, like in 08, you know, that time frame when the crash was happening. So didn't have like much money to go racing on. So I had to use student loan money. I, then, I well, that for sure. I mean, at my time, I, w- I went to UNOH in Ohio and I lived off of refund checks and I would, I would basically buy, <laughs> I would buy tires with my refund checks. So I get yeah, that. man. Um, no, I, I, I get that life for sure. Uh, also in, in our little brief trying to figure out who the fuck CJ McLaughlin is, um, I noticed that your birthday is July 1st. So happy belated birthday. Yeah, uh, you guys are so <laughs> polite, man. You guys are definitely not from New England. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's a day after my birthday. So I, we basically <laughs> celebrate the same day. So that's, yeah, I love that, that July 4th week is like crazy, you know? Yeah. It all blends together. 
So, so you, you race four bangers, you're racing Nima, they're not Nima, the, you get it, the classic lights, uh, you're doing cool stuff around the Hudson area. So what, like what, what initially put a steering wheel in your hand? Why, why did you want to end up racing cars? At, at so, so my dad, my dad was a, a pro professional motorcycle uh, rider. He raced AMA pro for a while. And this was like in the time, like when we were all younger, Chapman was like the cool thing and, and dirt bike riding. I was like, dad, you know, I'm going to be a fucking dirt bike rider. And he was like, no, you're fucking not. You know, he's <laughs> like, I broke every bone in my body. You're not doing that. So, and he was racing up at Hudson anyways. And this was right around the time when there was a, the kids class started up at Hudson. And I met my good friend, Ed Gilman there, who still races classical lights. Uh, you know, we've been friends for like over 10 years now, you know what I mean? Oh, almost 20 years, you know, since I was 10 years old. So like it's cool like, you have those lifelong friends you meet from racing, um, and I think I think Derek Griffith started out in the Thunder Lights as well. So there's a good you know in they the have a good track X record. Car. What's up in the Triple X car? Yes, yes. So th I think uh, Hudson Subway is a good place for cutting cutting your teeth and, and learning the basics. Um, but yeah. Yeah, motorcycle riding or dirt biking seemed like it was a lot of fun. I used to watch Nitro Circus growing up. Uh, I always wanted to be Travis Pastrana, but knew I'd end up being Street Bike Tommy. So uh, <laughs> I shied I shied away from that at an early age as well. Yeah, but bro. my racing career didn't flourish like yours has apparently. <laughs> my my father always said four wheels in a cage, so I get that. Well, so that's what happened, right? I was racing classic lights, and I'm like. My whole life, I'm, you know, my dad's like, oh, you, you know, you, like my dad was a great inspiration, like very encouraging. And um, he was like, oh, if I can only get you in a truck ride or something like that. And then I started calling up these teams and I'm like, hey, what's it going to take for me to get in, in one of these rides? And they're like, million dollars. And I'm like, what? I don't, you know, I don't have 10 bucks, you know, like. I write a check. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. It's like the student loan. <laughs> And so, like, I started trying to figure out. You're going to fucking Yale, <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's like, well, my dad's not writing a check, so I started figuring out like what companies are like going to be into NASCAR, and started like reaching out to like I started using the Boston. Like, hey, I'm from Boston. Like, Bose is out of Framingham. I'm from Framingham. I'm like, Bose needs a sponsor for me, and they're like, no thanks. And uh, just like calling up, like I would call up like 50, 50 companies a day just to get sponsorship and just tell my story. And uh, I got very lucky and very fortunate that I connected with my current sponsor, Psyops, right now. And then I have another Boston-based company, Tradehounds, that's uh, that's partnered with me too. So very fortunate that we've had good good companies backing me because otherwise I wouldn't be behind a car. I can't even afford to race late models right now. You know that's how expensive it is. And, you know, it's out there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, that's that's very interesting that you, you say that. So um, you literally went from shitbox racing to to classic lights to i'm calling people because i want to race in nascar right so and, and in between that we did a we did oh, a couple of your fucking balls <laughs> oh dude i i didn't give a fuck man i'm like this is where i want to go like seriously it, like that's i see that i see that mentality limiting people like so much it's like oh I, I can never do that and it's like well you haven't tried so you don't know you know i'm big i'm big on a mentality thing um you know, we had, we had Eagle Leasing sponsor me for a few act races too. Like that's where I kind of needed that. Like, you know, I can't go from a classic light to a full on NASCAR. Well, I was going to ask what your sales pitch was. It's like, yeah, I ran a homemade legend car a couple of times. We, let's go, <laughs> let's go to NASCAR. It's like, what? <laughs> but it's, so like, that's, that's where people get hung up, right? It's not, it's not about like, Hey, I'm going to go win. It's like, what can I do for your business? You know, like how many 
how many times am I going to like say your business's name during the course of a weekend and stuff? So that's kind of my, my pitch. So, so do you do a lot of analytics or analytics in terms of um, you can convince a company, you know, if I say your name X amount of times, this is going to be your ROI. Yeah. That ROI is starting to dwindle down too. Like it's hard to kind of like the ROI back in 08 was much higher. You know, like you think like when Dale Jr. was like on it, you know, like people were calling him up to sponsor him. So that, you know, people are like, oh, you get a 300% ROI. Like, yeah, maybe back in 2012, but now the ROI is tougher to get. It's just, you have to look at it a different way and kind of structure, structure the marketing of the company. And every company is different, right? Some companies want to go there for a party for the employees or for their customers. Some people like, like FedEx is a great example, not to get down to the weeds and stuff, but this is like, you know, my time to talk about it. FedEx is a, uh, measures their sponsorship at like a three like three billion dollar deal because they they measure everything from going to the track the customers say say the customers were spending a thousand dollars a week before coming to a racetrack event now they're spending two thousand dollars a week so then bringing customers to an event is like worth it for them um so just trying to tell that story too of how how if the company can structure it right they 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 can get a return on their investment as well. It's not just the logo in the car. Yeah, interesting things that you don't really think about, like different sponsors. Because obviously, there's certain sponsors, like like you said, Dale Jr. Like he can get out of the car and and drink a Budweiser, and people are like, "I'm gonna go get a Budweiser," or like a Mountain Dew, like the same exact thing. But like certain companies like that, I guess you don't necessarily see them. Obviously, you see the logo on television, but you, they're not. Denny doesn't get out of the car and jump into a FedEx truck and drive away. Like, I mean, <laughs> Dude, they gotta, I, me and my buddy were just talking about like uh, Dale Jarrett's drive the truck ads back in the day. Those are great. Everyone remembers those, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah how, how long has he not driven a race car? Right. <laughs> and you right. still think about stuff like that. So that's really fascinating because I've always been super interested in the business side of, of racing because quite frankly, at this point, it's not like stick and ball. It's, you know, you, you quite literally, it, it, we are in the only sport where we can literally buy our way on. And, 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 and that's, it's a, it's a catch 22, right? Cause it's like, Oh man, like I may have not had the track record, right? I didn't have that many ECT wins at, at none, you know, but like I was able to solidify a sponsorship deal to get me to that place, you know? Um, so it's a catch 22 in that, in that portion. Um, but again, like I'm the only NASCAR driver with student loans. Like I have a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt that I'm like trying to chip away at because like, you know, I don't come from family money, you know, which I, I, re- I respect the shit out of that. I, and, and, and the fact that you were able to pull that off is incredible. So what was the first like breakthrough of like, holy shit, like this, I can, might, I might actually be able to pull this off. Uh, so, so the current sponsor I have now, I like. I was working on a company that could use their technology and I was like, Hey, I'm going to buy three of your units, but you guys got to sponsor me. And they're like, yeah, cool. Let's do that. Uh, but in between that, they like, they like ghost me for three weeks and I'm like, Oh, they don't ever call me back. And then three weeks later I get a phone call like, yeah, we'll sponsor you. And I was like, you know, you kind of like, wait, is that really happening? You know, like they really were interested in sponsoring me. So, and they, they've been a great partner. They've been, they've been sponsoring me for two years now. and I couldn't ask for more, you know? I mean, if, if the phone call was fake, at least you would have been talking to Ashton Kutcher. That would have been cool. Right. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Your dreams are still shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it's cool that you say that. Cause I, I very recently have gotten to have that 
similar that Bradley was actually in the truck with me. I had a very similar type phone call where, you know, my, my dream, my passion was to go super late model racing. And I got a phone call, um, from Ben Basowski, you know, owner of yep. Speedway, which is cool that this all kind of connects to each other. And, and that was the, the key item to making it be a real thing. And, and I'm forever grateful for him for That's that. That's awesome, man. Congratulations, dude. So cool to be able to, but, but by doing that though, you have not only a responsibility for those people, but you have, um, you know, a sense of pride to like show these people off and show off their product. And, and I think that that's such a cool aspect to being the driver, because we're fortunate enough to be able to be the, the ambassador for whoever it is that wants to jump on. And that's the other thing too. Like when you're talking to big companies and even small companies, it's like, you guys can go out and sponsor Danny Hamlin or Kyle Busch and you'll get 10 seconds of their time where it's like, I would devote my life. You know what I mean? my life for the next 80 hours to like being your brand ambassador. So, so that, that kind of catch 22 where it's like, Oh, I don't have that big of a following, but like I will work that much harder to get you what you guys need. So what was, what was your first big NASCAR event? Like what was your first top three event? Uh, top three was Iowa and a truck series event. So at this point you have raced a shit box. You have raced a classic light. An act car, kinda. Yeah. And now you're in a truck at Iowa. I did some Marco stuff with uh, our motorsports. Uh, okay. Andy Sice and I teamed up, and Chris Hour. We did. Uh, I did IRP with Andy Hillenberg, and then we did a, a bunch of races with uh, Andy in the hour car. Um, we did Daytona, Talladega, Michigan, and uh, I failed to qualify at Charlotte because someone crashed in front of me. I ran over some debris and. Went to turn three, like wide open, right front blue, and then smacked the wall harder than I ever have before. And that was like a, it just happened so fast, right? You barrel the car down at the turn three, then the right front goes, and then you're just like, you're climbing up three stories, which is or two stories, which is just nuts. So that, that was an experience. So, so I guess, what was your first big uh, ARCA? Like, what was your first ARCA then? Oh, yeah. Um, IRP. Um, and I was so out of shape, man. Like I was like, Oh man, I'm a great race car driver. Like going to go Arca racing, IRP 200 laps, whoop my ass. We lost power steering, couldn't drive it, pulled in the pits. My dad, you know, just like itching to work on the car all weekend. Right. Jumps in there, throws the power steering belt back on, get back out there. But that's a tough track too. Cause you're kind of running the outside. Everyone's right against the wall. So definitely cool learning experience there so what was that moment like you're sitting in an arca car and you're like what did you ever have like a what the fuck am i doing like yeah i've had i've had like 30 of those in the past year man <laughs> um no like so so to be very candid like the anxiety level has been fucking huge you know from like a sponsorship aspect to like you know that kind of doubt that fills your head like hey am i ready to do this and it's like you'll never know until you do it so um the anxiety has been huge and I've, I've dealt with that much better in the last couple races. And that's, it showed in my racing, you know, I'm not fucking scared to put the bumper to anyone anymore, you know? And that's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a mentality mindset. So. Is, is that a mindset mentality of, cause I can relate in terms of like, I, if I wreck this thing, I'm going to have to work on it and pay for it. Or is it a, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing or is it both? So, it so it, it's, 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 a, it's double-sided, right? Cause contract wise i had some crash clauses where it's like if i crash i'm liable for money and i'm like money i don't have yet again money i don't have yeah. so like it all goes back to that money i don't have thing 
And then for the NASCAR approval process, my sponsors were like, hey, we want you to go NASCAR expanding racing as soon as possible because we're wasting money in the ARCA series. Um, was just the nature of the business. And I'm like, yeah. So like for that NASCAR approval process, I had to finish well in every ARCA race and not crash. So it's like, I can't push any boundaries, you know? Like if I'm racing for business, I'm going to let them have it because I'm not going to wreck a car over over my next races that are, you know, it's all a domino effect. If I fuck up here, I'm going to try to get money for another ARCA race, which I could just be in a truck, you know? Interesting. And see how that anxiety would compound too. If you go in there and then you fuck up and then you go into the next race, you're like, gee, like this, this could be like my last shot. Like I'm not gonna be able to pay discover student loans later this week. So, <laughs> Yeah. Right. Right. Dude. You say discover. I just, yeah. <laughs> that was one of my loans. I fucking finally paid off. Oh, well at least that one's paid off. There you go. Yeah. Right. No, it's just uh Sally May. Sally May. No, I, I guess that's, that's interesting to me. I, I guess we haven't really talked to anyone that it was is in your shoes or, or competing as, as you are, where you show up and you know, that going into the race, you just can't like, you can't fuck up. Like, yeah, obviously we, people go into racing and, and if they fuck up, they um, cost, like it costs a lot of money, but I guess in your shoes, that must be really tough on an anxiety level where you show up to the racetrack and you're a competitor. You want to compete. You want to go out there and get the best finish so that it shows off to more sponsors and, and you know, opens yeah. up more, more doors for you. But then just being out in the ra- in the race car in the middle of the racetrack and just being like, shit, if I just sneeze, um, basically I'm liable for a ton of money and my student loans not getting paid for <laughs> <laughs> that. I mean, my anxiety more, more like if you, if I had a way out to do it more so came from like, not being able to make my next step to truck or Xfinity. Um, the, or, or just, I just didn't want to embarrass myself, man. You know, like that was like, that was it all be all. Cause like I have, I have a sponsor paying for my racing at this point. Right. So it's like, I don't want to embarrass myself. Like, Oh yeah, I went out, you know, that's, that's the thing people do too. Like, especially now that there's, there's no practice. It's like, Oh, I went out and killed the car in the first 10 laps. Like, yeah. So I so I say this story to people. I, I raced Bristol for the first time in Xfinity Series, and I was way off the speed. Like my speed sucked. You know, it's a it's a weird. I thought I was like, oh, it's just like Hudson, man. It's a bowl. Like I'll figure it out. And I was way off. And I was trying to get advice from Kyle Busch. He told me to fuck myself. And I was like, all right, fuck you too, man. And then uh, over the course of that weekend, he had a thousand laps between the truck race he did, the Xfinity race he did, and the Cup race he did. Not to mention any of the practice like runs he did. And I had 300 laps. So it's like, you take that thousand laps and there's two races at Bristol every year. You know, he's, a, he has 2000 laps a year. And I had 300 at the end of the weekend. So it just, it's just getting laps again. See time too. I, I think that that's a, a notch in the belt that not very, I mean, I guess some people have it where Kyle Bush has told you to fuck yourself. So that's cool. Yeah. It wasn't that in many terms. It was just like, stay out of my way. It was just like something fucking like douchebag. <laughs> just that I was like, all right, man, like, trying to learn here like so <laughs> trying to learn how to stay out of your way sir yeah right <laughs> sir uh no that's that's i think that's such a cool way to do it but um kind of going back a little bit you, you've got all these student loans you went to college what what that what'd you go to college for uh mechanical engineering i went to school it out at wentworth in boston and uh i don't know it's like yeah i got a good i got a degree out of it and it's like a good fallback but you know it was a good learning experience like it was like four years of like 
learning how to do just different things. So that's college, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For, for you, you know, hundred thousand dollars for an experience so, and a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> so well, there are a lot of people that with engineering degrees in NASCAR and the racing planet. Uh, do you, do you ever apply any of that at all, or do you just is it just in the back <laughs> floating around? Nothing, no. What is what's the put some more wedge in there? All right, that's that's equal to 2.2 pounds across weight and that momentum. All about it. Is it tight or is it loose? (laughs) Yeah, right. What's the thought process? I guess maybe from a sponsorship aspect, jumping from Arca to Xfinity and skipping over trucks. I know you said you did a couple truck races, but they said you wanted to get into Xfinity as soon as possible. Is that is there a strategic play there? you know, I, I think I think among racing fans, the truck series is big. You know, like that's like some of the best racing that goes on. Cost wise, truck racing to the exposure level isn't that big. Uh, from my sponsors having the truck races, my sponsors deal a lot with scrapyards, scrap like scrap metal recycling. So to get them to the racetrack on a Friday night is just like a non-starter. To get them to a racetrack on a Saturday, it's more appealing for them. So oh. it just it, it goes back to like a. <laughs> They've been scrapping a lot of trucks recently, so that <laughs> yeah, right, right. business. So, so what was your uh, what was your way into the Xfinity series? I mean, obviously you had the sponsorship and the funding, but uh, I mean, there are sometimes people have all that and they don't even have somebody that'll pick up the phone to let them drive their cars. So, what was that process like, and and how do you even go about that? If if I'm you know CJ McLaughlin and I have someone who wants to back me, who am I making phone calls to? Yeah, so we were talking to a couple different teams. We were talking to uh, BJ McLeod Motorsports and Ryan C Racing, and uh, Ryan C just had a couple more races available to us. Um, and it was it was it was it was a great. I'm very fortunate to have Ryan C. Uh, they were let me jump in the car because we had good equipment from RCR and good good support. Now looking back on that, giving you guys my full disclosure, I didn't get the most out of the car I could have because like I wasn't using iRacing before the before the races. So at Texas. My first time in Texas, like I didn't even jump on a simulator, right? I was just like, "Oh, I'll figure this out," you know. And it's like going into turn one, I was like, "I can let off here," and then like just a stupid way. So it's like hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? So uh, now this year, I have you know, I didn't have money for a simulator back then, and now like I use my stimulus check to get a simulator, <laughs> you know. So it's like it's all this like borrow from Peter to pay Paul, and it's like hindsight's always twenty twenty. So I have a simulator now. I'm being more prepared for races, and. Uh, that's that's what I needed to do going into those races before. A stimmy for a semi, if you will. Yeah, dude, I love that. <laughs> um, so, uh, what do you do? You have like a job? Do you have a like a a nine to five? Yeah. What is? Yeah, good what question. So I actually work for the company that sponsors me. I have the Northeast Territory from uh, New Jersey up to Maine, and I go around seeing scrapyards, showing them this analyzer that um, it's actually right behind me. Yeah, we don't do this, but anyways, um, this, this analyzer that tells scrapyards what the different kinds of metals that they're buying and selling are. Um, and it's a really important tool for them to have. You know, if you come in, you're like, man, this is pure gold. And they can test it with our analyzer and be like, no, it's not. So that's wild. Titanium, tungsten, all the different materials that make up different compositions of alloys. So I think my engineering degree kind of helps out a little bit with that. Technology is crazy. That's, that's, that's a very, uh, necessary tool that I guess I never would have thought. I mean, I guess obviously, yeah, I never thought that it was needed. Yeah. But also like, it's just, I want to know how it works. (laughs) Yeah. Teach us, teach us psyops. 
that's too much to go into on this thing. <laughs> Talking about electrons bouncing off protons coming back. And- yeah, we we try to we try to make people's Mondays not suck, not make them fall asleep on the commute. <laughs> so. <laughs> so so are you still in Borophil, more like Borophil? <laughs> are you still in mass or are you down south? Yeah, I, live in, are you? I live in New Jersey now. We were up in Boston until 2018 and then uh so my, my wife's from New Jersey and she wanted to move close to her parents. And I travel so much for work. It doesn't, doesn't really matter where I live. So you're, you're not even down with, with the team then most of the time, correct? I don't have to be, man. Right. I show up and drive. So you, you <laughs> I pop, the, pop the chest out. <laughs> so, Just kidding. Do you ever wish that maybe you like, did you ever think about going down South and, and doing that life or have you, have you made it realistic in terms of like, I also need this job and to be where I'm at compared to. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting the people I meet and I'm not bashing on them at all, but the, the mentality of like, Oh, I'm going to go down to Charlotte and make it in racing. Like you're almost better off staying in like New York or Boston or like even LA and finding sponsors and setting up those meetings to, to further the racing career more so than, just being at the shop, you know, in my mind, just coming from like the business aspect and like what the costs are, you know, you could sweep four so your hands bleed and you're not going to pay for three sets of tires, you know. Wild. This is the, so we've done this a lot. We, we've had a lot of interviews and this is the most removed con like just different way to go about it. And I find it honestly fascinating. You, uh, you, all right, so you know what happened? At Star Speedway, I was racing classic lights, and I went up to Carl Fredenson, Speedway, Speedway Illustrated. I'm like, Carl, your buddy is with everyone, right? I'm like, how how do they do it? Like, I, I kept asking that question, right? I would call, call owners, hey, how did, how did that people get that money? And they're like, oh, it's a family business or something like that. And I'm like, I don't fucking have a family business. And uh, so I just kept asking people, man, like, how did they do it? How how this person, like, I was like, how did Carl Edwards get his ride? And he was like, dude, you have to do it like no one else did it. You know? off a subway counter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How many footlongs can I swallow? Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> that's a different competition. As many as it takes for that sponsorship, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how PG-13 we can get, but remember when that uh, fire Festival thing came out? Yeah. And he was like, dude, you got to go down there, get that shipment container out of customs. And he was like, I was fully prepared to, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Old um, concrete Carl. <laughs> so, so have, so it's just so, I don't know how to ask the questions now because you're not down there with the team. So you're not doing a full schedule, right? Or you are. So, so like my schedule depends on what sponsorship I can ground up, you know? So you very much are like, I have X amount of dollars I am going to do this and I am hopefully not going to waffle your race car. And then I am going to just sign the, sign the paper and then I am going to do the race. And then I'm going to figure out again, how to do that particular transaction. Yeah. So, so like you, you kind of buy in bulk, right? You like, you like, I can do 10 races for this amount. Yeah. You know, and it's like, if I want up four race cars, they're, you know, I, I don't have a, um, Oh, what's it called? like reputation of wadding up race cars. So I'm very fortunate that where it's like that, those kind of open more doors. So like the price, if I did have a reputation of wadding up race cars, like there's a certain girl in the experience series now that, that does that, unfortunately. And like, you know, the price just goes up, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And they keep coming back. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. 
Side note, I did go into a Subway yesterday, actually, and a six-inch sandwich was $7.49. When did that happen? Uh, is that I like always a, thought it was a five dollar foot long? It was that was yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, I, was, I couldn't even swallow a foot long yesterday. That's I didn't I couldn't afford it. I didn't my, my <laughs> was already you're, you're counting the pennies on the counter, like <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like heads or, heads or tails, I'm 50 cents off. If it hits heads, <laughs> I'll find another dollar somewhere. <laughs> So, I'm so, fully prepared at the fucking shipping container. So, so you're obviously, honestly, we we had no idea what to expect going into this. You 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 reached out and we're like, fuck it, why not? So, <laughs> what? Thanks for doing your due diligence, there, guys. Of course, the the money is being wired over right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank, thank God. Double yeah, pennies. I'll I'll sign the waiver. Um, but no, it's it's been it's been very very eye opening in terms of you you've done it the complete a completely different way. Uh, it's, it's actually but, very, but very you say that from what other way but it well so like you said though like the typical story is either daddy's got a bunch of money or you know let's move down south let's you know scrub floors and let's go know, to the shipping container let, yeah exactly yeah. Like, let's yeah. be, be somebody's bitch and you <laughs> have found basically another way to do it where you you you're like i don't need to be down there i need to be the guy i need to be the guy i need to be the you know, the customer facing, which, you know, sponsors our customers, essentially, um, you know, I need to be customer facing, I need to be doing it this way. And that's how I need to do it. Um, I think that that's fascinating. And I think that it's cool that you still live in the, the Northeast here, like, fucking represent, let's go. And, okay. um, um, you know, going off of that, you know, what it, it what is your goal? What is, what does CJ McLaughlin want to do? And where do you want to end up? And, and, and how do we get there? I mean, realistically, it's gonna, what it's going to take is like a couple of corporate sponsors, right? Some like a couple of like big money deals where I can have like in 2020, we're going to do about 20 races and COVID hit, which fucking like blessing in disguise because it gave me time to reflect on what I was doing wrong. Um, but I just need seat time, right? So I need like a good like 20 race, 30 race schedule that I can just get seat time in, right? We're going to like, we'll finish 15th to 30th, right? And then we're going to, you know, then we'll re hopefully we can do that next year and then we'll, we can get some big money together and do some like great races kind of like Ryan Priest did. Right. So if you look at what Ryan Priest did where he was running JD motorsports and just like finishing very well, then got money together and ran, you know, for Joe Gibbs and, and finished very, very well. Um, that's kind of the game plan to go. The, the, the Ryan Priest deal is, is very interesting because he, he was taking, a, I, I believe a certain dollar amount and getting sure a full season, but he was also racing the flex seal car. And then I, I think that it was a, a business decision in terms of maybe I can take the same amount of money and I'm only going to race maybe twice, but I'm going to do it the correct way on, in the equipment underneath me that I know I need. And he pulled it off. Um, and, and, I, and that's what, that's and that's what people don't understand. They're like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a great plate model driver. I'll be a great Xfinity driver. These guys in the Xfinity series are doing this week in and week out. They know the cars. They know how, the yaw, how they come off the corner, how much, uh, you know, throttle input to put down, how much brake input to put down. Um, so it takes time to learn the cars, you know? Well, it's, it's like a good Xfinity driver can't jump in a late model. Well, a 2,700 pound car with sticky bias ply tires is not the same as a 3,400 pound shoebox with radial, you know, fucking bones on it. 
it's not the same thing. It's never going to be the same thing, nor should it be the same thing. You know, the top three series, they're supposed to be hard to drive. They're, they're supposed to be, you know, something that the best in the world are doing. And if you're good at it, then that's showing your talent off. Um, so I, I think that, that it is, I mean, and that directly correlates, like you said, to it's not necessarily just because you're good at one doesn't mean you're going to be good at the other. Um, and then yeah. the people that are, that shows the true talent. Yeah. Well, for the most part. Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. like <laughs> Ty, Ty Majeski obviously has a lot of talent and he just hasn't necessarily had it transfer over to the truck series or the Xfinity series, even when he ran that. And I do uh, wonder why I'm like, you know, like he had a tough deal at Roush Fenway. It seemed like that car was cursed, but I, yeah. I just, you know, that, that is, that's a head scratch for me too. You know? Right. Yeah. That, it, that car was for sure cursed because not obviously you saw what Chase Briscoe was able to do when he jumped in the 98, but I mean, it was every single week that thing was stuffed in the fence about as good as you can do it. So um, right. yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's one thing that I've always kind of been curious as to why time that it didn't transpire, I guess. But then again, you also have guys like that will all win late model races and they get the confidence and they're like all pumped up and they jump into a truck that is not good equipment per se. And then they go out there and they just get discouraged because they're you know 32nd and they start running into shit and then their career just goes down the tube and now they're back in a late model. So, so I, I find it really interesting. Like, just watching from like three years ago to kids that just had money. I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around this. Like the kids that have so much money, they don't know what to do with. And they go up to trucks or Xfinity get their ass kicked and they're like, Oh, fuck this. And it's like, what the fuck? And if I had that much money, <laughs> going to the jacket right again, I don't know. So, so do you ever try to dabble in a late model from time to time and, and kind of take a step back or is your, are you full focus? Like I am, I, I am NASCAR. Don't have the money. It's just, it's just not in the cards. Yeah. Like well, if there's a fourth stimulus check, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've been wanting to do some ACD stuff recently and, uh, no you one wants to rent the ride anymore. I don't know what that is, but you still have uh, your car. No, I sold it for an engagement ring for my wife. Oh my God. You must really like her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this supposed to be three I, months salary. I, I, I don't know that I've ever liked another human enough to sell my race car. Had to do it, man. Had I, to do it. I don't know that I ever will like another. So, human. so the reason I, I sold my classic light to Justin was to pay for a Daytona architect uh, back in 2016. So that was like, I had this race car, needed some cash um, and sold that for the Daytona architect. So. I think it's just like been building blocks, right? And yeah, it's. I want a CJ McLaughlin shirt. I think. Yeah, just... I think I need one of those. Uh, it, took you, it took you a half hour to realize that. Well, I, I just, I, really? I'm just, I'm so glad that even at the top level, there is still at least one person fucking scratching and clawing to try and just be at the racetrack. Dude, yeah. when you when you look at, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of people like Spencer Boyd great guy he's fucking clawing his way man he's he's on the phone like more than i am like he 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 once told me he goes i don't even make sponsorship proposals i just tell him like hey man i got people to call are you in or out for this race and then he hangs up the phone if they're out i'm like that's a good deal man like you you know what's up he also must have huge balls yeah (laughs) i was gonna say i don't necessarily know if that would be my approach or if i would ever (laughs) that would ever work but i mean good for him it seems to be working out sometimes so so what what what's the what's the mindset then are are you trying to like 
maybe get people regional to whatever racetrack you're going to, in addition to having psyops on the, on the car, or are you just like any, anybody who will answer the phone? And then once they do pick up, I kind of now, I'm now focusing on, uh, to be honest with you, like, um, student loan companies, right? Like SoFi, uh, credit karma companies like that, that like can resonate with me a little more. Like I'm the only NASCAR driver with student loans. Like that's a fucking story to be told, man. Yeah, For sure. That is. Yeah. I mean, with the amount of letters that Ernest sends me every single day, I think that they could <laughs> probably afford to stop sending me letters and, and start sponsoring your race car. So yeah, right. the, amount of, the amount that they would save in postage would be huge. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Maybe so, I shouldn't have said that. I'm going to cut that up. <laughs> I work at the post office. <laughs> Fuck them. Oh, shit. <laughs> they have plenty of money. <laughs> government. Government job. Oh, we, we send out the stimmy checks. The I stimmy. could be like Lance Armstrong and get USPS or something, you know? Yeah, that'd be fancy. That would be, yeah. I actually, the I have a little mouse pad or whatever at my desk that had a 37 car that was sponsored by the USPS. And I was like, who the hell is that? So I had to look it up one day. I honestly... Who the fuck was it? I can't remember who it was now. Now I got to look it up. I got to so, look it up again. Somebody, I somebody will comment. I'm sure. I was I was getting paid to go through Google Images and try to figure out who it was. <laughs> um, it was an Xfinity car too. Like recently? No. Oh. It was like 2007 or something. So not recently. Back in the heyday. So you're you're gonna try. You're trying to do a full time deal here. Hopefully in the next year or so. Correct? Is that is yeah. that that's the game plan? Are we are yeah. we saying Xfinity? Are we are we ever gonna try and see Siege in a Cup car or what? Yeah, I think I think Cup car mid twenty twenty two. I'm not approved for Cup as of right now because go out there and probably just rank Quinn Huff to make it look not as bad, you know. Um, no, but seriously, I I think uh, yeah, hopefully mid twenty twenty two. My my sponsors want me to do it. I think it's just gonna be a timing money. Is there a plan in place? Is there a team that has said yes and or maybe? There, there. Uh, Carl Long didn't want me in his cup car, but like that's just a, that's just a money thing. He's not like, oh, get come in my cup car, you know? We want you to raise. It's like, hey, how much money are you bringing? Yeah, you know. Oh, so. I mean, that's that's more offers than I have, so that's cool. Uh, <laughs> David David Green, by the way, David Green, David Green, dude. Jeff Green was my crew chief last year. He was a he was a fantastic crew chief. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know why it ended up with I ended up with a trackpad on my uh, at my desk, but I mean, <laughs> good for me, I guess, because it doesn't oh. seem like there's much merchandise out there for the 37 USPS. <laughs> and maybe that's worth some money. I'll sell it to try to get a fucking classic light ride or something. You get, you get a set. You gotta send it to him. Have him sign it. Yo, yeah. Hey. So I, I've been bugging Justin. Justin has two of those classic light cars now. I've been bugging him. I want to drive one. And Dude, funnest thing ever. Funnest thing ever. I miss racing those yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then nothing happens. So we're going to call him out. Just have CJ McLaughlin call him out real quick. Just say, hey, let Charlie drive the fucking thing. <laughs> Justin, let Charlie drive the fucking classic light. What are you going to lose? Thank a couple you. Grand. No big deal. Jesus Christ. All right. So that's going to be on the show. We'll that's back together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect, man. No, this has been, this has been super eye-opening. I, I, I think that, you know, you have a pretty, pretty cool story. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how, for sure. How did you hear about the Black Flag podcast? Yeah. Because I, I was low key hoping that you just ended up at the party last weekend and, and we didn't know about it. <laughs> I kind of wish I was uh, going off my sponsors. And uh, I love, dude, I love coming up to New Hampshire. And uh, I'm, I've been trying to, on Instagram, just like, like anyone who's tagged in New Hampshire or NHMS. And uh, you guys came up and I was like, I've seen, I've seen you guys shit like pop up and like random, you know, 
ACT stuff, you know, and I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta talk to these guys. So the the deep depths of of Facebook and and videos and such. Yeah. So wait, all right. So you guys gotta tell me about you guys now. I don't really know much about the Black Flag. Well, so I'm an idiot. He's also an idiot. Uh, basically, we met at the Oxford 250 circa 2000 and ni- recent. 2000 and recent. Yeah. 2019, 18, something like that. And uh, Cuzzy Pal here had we, so we we do a giant lobster thing. Like, well, I don't, but I I just I, I was there, and um, he didn't know how to eat a lobster, so he he has the cooked lobster, and I had to I had to literally babysit him and show him how to do it. And, and we just became friends and I knew that he played hockey. He was, you know, you know, friends with the other people that I am also friends with, but I had never really known Brad. What, what town are you guys from? Uh, I live in Scarborough. He was from Wyndham. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I played hockey down in Bellingham. So, so I don't know if you've ever heard of Beach Ridge Motor Speedway. <laughs> yes. I, I live, we live, we are currently about three miles from there. Oh, that's awesome, man. All right. Yeah, it started pretty quick, actually. So he did teach me how to eat lobsters, big seafood allergy in um, in my family. So I had to have a couple of beers before I tried lobster out for the first time. So thank you for was that. Charlie uh, patting your back the whole time. That's how <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was holding his hair. Yeah. <laughs> Broke back yeah, racetrack kind of thing going on. He had an EpiPen in one hand and he was feeding me lobster in the other, just in case. You know, <laughs> always got to be prepared. But uh, no, and then we ended up going to a hockey game. Uh, our buddy Jake Rogers got us tickets. He was on last week's show. Big hit. Great guy. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I was at work one day at the post office and, and I had tried actually the year, maybe it was the same year of, of the Ox 250 he was talking about. I saw some kid on YouTube and I don't mean to be rude, but his videos were, um, atrocious and he had like 30,000 views and it was posted like three days prior. And I'm like, that guy is, he's making money right now doing that. How, how I need, I could do, we could, we're going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make, <laughs> I'm going to do that, but a little bit better and just, you know, get 31,000 or something. Um, and then, so I tried it with one of my buddies, uh, Caleb, and we very recent or very quickly realized that when we're both looking at each other on a webcam, we couldn't take each other seriously. So <laughs> that ended up not working out. And a couple months later, I go with Charlie to the hockey game. And I was at work actually uh, at the post office plant in Scarborough down the road here. And I just, t- I shot him a Snapchat, I think. And I was just like, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a racing podcast, like any interest. And he was like sold and ever nice. since had a podcast. And so I, I, we also, well, Beechridge was my home track too. When I was growing up um, kind of like you, I guess I came, I mean, my family has no money whatsoever. Um, very like, like houses and cars foreclosed on like throughout my childhood and stuff. So uh, I ended up buying a a four cylinder shipbox truck with money from uh, mowing lawns for an entire summer. I I was working at, I actually had three jobs that summer. Technically I worked at uh, Point Sebago golf course in Casco, which is uh, like 15 minutes from where I lived. Uh, I worked at Smitty cinema, a movie theater in Wyndham right down the road from where I lived. And I was mowing lawns. So I saved up all the money from that. Uh, Got a trailer, got a truck and raced that for two years until I realized that, um, well, so actually funny story. The first time I ever got a sponsor, I was sitting in a hockey locker room of like, it was like an older guy's skate, but I worked at a hockey store too. Yeah. I had a lot of jobs at one time, actually, now I think about it, but I'm sitting in a locker room of like this early morning skate with all these old guys. And one guy just said something about how his, his nephew raced uh, like uh, on the past tour or something like that. Oh and, shit. 
he was he was like yeah like i he's like i'm looking to try to get more regional sponsorship not someone that tours around like my business is running right down the road or whatever and uh, we're in falmouth and so he goes like i'll be interested in sponsoring you and i I was like sir i've never i've been to victory lane indoor go-karting like four times and seacoast fun park so i don't know necessarily what you want to uh like what, what do you want to do here but he's like all right just let me see what i can do and i'll meet you later this afternoon so we went to uh I think I met him in the Portland Hannaford parking lot and he gave me a check for $500. And I was like, this racing thing's pretty cool. And that paid, <laughs> for like, that paid for like a set of tires. And I'm like, awesome. And so the next year, like I, I did, I did all right. I guess the first, like the first year I didn't wreck the thing ever. Like that was really what I was out there for is like, I knew that if I hit something just hard enough, there were, there was no coming back. Time out. That's like the most like, um, uh legal deal in the Hannaford's parking lot that's ever happened for the most amount of money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thousand percent. For sure. Especially in Portland with the stuff that goes on there. We didn't have to like leave a bag behind a light pole or anything. It was crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. And so the first year I did pretty good. And, uh, but I had wasn't, I wasn't winning or anything. So he, and the next year he just said that he couldn't come back on and I, I understood and I'm like, all right. So then I went the whole season trying to use the same tires I did the year before while other, everyone else was buying tires. And I'm like, oh, so tires apparently can be important after 12 races. So so, so that's what I would do at Classic Lights, too. Like, I would just use tire softener, like, as the season went on, even though it was illegal. But I was like, I don't have money for – I get money for a $50 can of tire softener. I'll just use that, you know? Yeah. So our, our other buddy that used to do the podcast with us, Bobby Simmons, he he actually used ran my truck one time, and he soaked the shit out of the tires because they were so old. Uh, we were also down a cylinder, so that didn't help. But uh, was, <laughs> he finished. He finished fifth or something. I, I've I yet like fourth. Actually. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, fourth or fifth. And there was like twenty five trucks, and and I've yet to finish outside the top five as a car owner. So I'm probably just never going to own anything ever again. So <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah and, no, it's uh, it's been a it's been a cool deal. The whole the whole theory behind this show. Is, I mean, the the logo literally has a beer in it. So. The whole theory behind it is whatever conversation you're going to have at the bar or the beer tent at, at your local racetrack, just hit record on it. And uh, right. it's turned into something that a lot of people, for whatever reason, like. And uh, there's no arguments here. And, and we've, I quite honestly, when Bradley asked if, if this was something that I'd be interested in, I, I would have bet a lot of money that we were only going to do it like once or twice and then just never see each other again. And yeah, now you guys up to like 125. That's awesome, man. And and, and we live together. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We haven't quite got rich yet, but no. uh, we keep hoping that that's coming. Uh we'd make very, very, very little uh per episode. We kind of we kind of started uh doing sponsorships where at the beginning, like like you said, we didn't think it was gonna take off at all. And uh we were just doing you know, buy us a case of beer, and that's kind <laughs> of it would, stock, it would stock the mini fridge. And, uh, now we don't make much more than that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good time. At least we usually have fun with it and it's allowed us to do a lot of things that I don't think that we would have been able to do without this. So that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Like speed 51, putting me, uh, in the pit area, in the garage area of the inaugural SRX race. Um, that was something that I wouldn't have never expected. That's awesome. So like, like I have, I have crippling anxiety, like bad, bad. So I would be lying if I said I didn't slug a couple Trulies uh, in the parking lot before I walked in there. The problem was is the guy that actually had the equipment 
uh, showed up about two hours later. So by the time I started recording the interviews, I just had a pounding headache. Um, so oh, I had only made it a little bit worse. Um, and Charlie's usually the one that leads off the interviews. I always say he's the play-by-play and I'm the color commentator. So um, gotcha. he, I, I was both that day and it actually turned out way better than I would have anticipated. So, but it was once in a lifetime opportunity for sure. Well, so I brought my dad for like Father's Day, you know, like me and him like grew up racing together. Like it was just me and him at the track. So like I had, I was like, yeah, we got to go to this. You know, it's like Tony Stewart, Ray Everham, like great racers. I was chilling. I was cheering for Achilleo Castroneves all day long, but Safra was so cool. It was so cool how packed it was there. You know, I, I was fucking loving it. Yeah, that was that was that was a sight to see in and of itself. The amount of people that they fit in there. Not only so, everyone was up in arms because they were charging for parking. Well, when you see the spectacle that ended up going on, you realize why they were charging for parking because like you, you they we're going to make a lot of money <laughs> and, and also like they needed to do it somewhat strategically. Um, but no, it was, it was crazy. I mean, just the fact that they sold that many tickets and I mean, there was, there was literally not one seat in the house that was open. So right. it was, it was a lot of fun. And that was something that I'll definitely, I was hitting up random dudes on Facebook. Like, Hey man, I'll pay you whatever, you know, <laughs> but like, that's what I think NASCAR should do is they should mandate like, like Ben who pays for the NASCAR sanctions racetrack. I think NASCAR should send like three to four drivers. It should be a lottery every weekend. Like when they had the race up in New Hampshire, why weren't the drivers there at the local tracks helping promote? Like what's the benefit to having a NASCAR track, but NASCAR drivers aren't going to local track. So I think that's what NASCAR, like, like, you know, people talk about the safety barrier, but like strap them the late model. Like have four, like if the track can't provide late models for like drivers and something like that has to go on to bring people there back. Has, to the there track. has to be a cross. There has to be a cross or else, like you said, that, I mean, people went to the Sea Dogs game here the other day because Chris Sale was pitching. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, it's a it's a rehab game or whatever, but, you know, it, it's still having one of the top guys come down and, and, and he's right. playing at the local level. And that's the type of shit that you need. Thunder Road, the Thursday before Loudon, Ryan Priest there. Not even a NASCAR right. track, but yeah. Ryan Priest is there and, and the stands were packed. So, which, then, which he does with the modifieds and all that stuff too. He still continues to regularly race modified. It was great. I was, I was actually trying to come give him a couple BFP stickers for the car. And as I was walking down, there's like a huge line and I had just got there and I'm like, what the hell are, why are people waiting in line? Like, is this the food line? And I came down to the bottom of the hill and they were all waiting for his autograph. Well, then the announcer kept announcing over and over and over that he was signing autographs. So the line kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, and I'm like, oh right. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome though. I mean, that's good for like, that's, that's good for his brand yeah. and it's good for like the fans, like getting to see, you know, seeing face to face. Cause like, that's something I get mad at NASCAR. It's so hard to get like a hot pass or anything like where NHRA <laughs> where the pit passes are so like, where like the pits are just open padding. You kind of walk through and just meet people. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool that NHRA does that. If only a uh, generic yellow duct tape looking wristbands could get you through the garage area. That yeah. would be cool. But what, I, what I try to tell people who are trying to sneak in, I just, I've heard a story. You wear a button-up shirt, very nice button-up shirt, right? And you just take your lanyard and you put it in your front pocket and you just wave and you just keep on walking. <laughs> that a thousand percent would have worked last yeah. weekend. And in fact, yeah. we so <laughs> we said it on last week's show, but so Charlie and I, we we didn't we we, we wore some ignorant shit. We, yeah, with like I had I had a nineteen ninety something like. Uh, Joe Nemechek. Joe Nemechek, like Bell South fucking, you know, car 87 or whatever. 
He's yeah. wearing a fucking Ricky Craven shirt. And we're just, we snuck in, like we got in, we were in the Xfinity garage, but like we were there nice. and, and we for sure looked. I'm going to say hi. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well next, next <laughs> you were time. busy. You were going through tech next time. <laughs> next time we try to sneak our way in. So the thing is they gave us literally bands that you go to any, they were less official than a pit pass at any local racetrack. And so they, we put them on our hands and I'm like, what am I, is this like, so I can drink at the bar? Like what, like, what is this? And that we were, we were insured that these were media credentials. So we're like, okay, cool. So Charlie and I basically just came to the conclusion that we were just going to walk in like we own the place and just make it look like we know what we're doing. So that's exactly what we did. We walked right through the modified garage, <laughs> stood in there for like 20 minutes. And then we're like, let's go see if we can get in the Xfinity garage. Well, we're walking up to the two kids that are sitting next to the fence. And I'm like, Charlie, I don't think this is going to work. But if we just keep our heads straight and just act like we know what we're doing and just keep going, I don't think they're going to say anything to us. They didn't say a word. So we did two laps around the Xfinity garage. And then I think we started walking towards a couple of police officers and they got on their radios and were like, hey, there's some people wearing ignorant T-shirts <laughs> in here right now that don't have a lanyard on. So, you know, you win and you lose. Yeah. yeah. That's a, a, this is one bad story. In Michigan, I didn't get a parking pass. And the guy at the gate was kind of being a jerk. And I was like, I got to drive. So the next time I had to like pull on and get lunch, next time I drove, I just didn't stop. Like he was waving at me to stop. And I'm like waving back at him. Like, he's not going to jump in front of a car, you know? $10 job an hour. What sucks though is you're probably dropping like, no, I'm in the race. He's like, oh, I'm sure, pal. Look at my Instagram, man. Who are you? Oh <laughs> no! Drive your car around the racetrack. Day it was yesterday, sir. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh right. uh, fuck. That's, well, that's like kind of a similar story. My buddy, I got my buddy at Bass from New Hampshire. He like showed up to like the free race stuff and like his cut off tank top and like jean shorts and like my sponsors all there. And I'm like, hey, this is my friend. <laughs> you know. We we met. So going back to the Loudon thing, you know, we we had. We, or we've made some friends, I guess that they, they've made it to the top or the upper levels. They, they've made it from, you know, the local, you know, new England area from where we are. They've made it to the top levels, you know, like an Andy Sice in Austin, Ontario, things like that. And, oh. and then, it, yeah, exactly. Um, and, um, they, I love Andy. I love Andy. <laughs> uh, they, they've made it to the, the, the top levels there, but they, they've gotten to talk about how cool it was to, yeah, yes, it's cool inherently what you're doing, but taking that and putting it at Loudon, which like that that that's our that's our Super Bowl. That's that's our day twenty five hundred. That you know, even even um, you know, door bumper clear and all these other places say that like when you go to Loudon, like that's a racing weekend. You're it's a it's a full three days of racing or whatever. And uh, you know, that they fucking love the shit and and we do, and it, and it shows where it, it was the the skies were literally shitting on us all day and the stands were fucking packed like New yes, England, people dude, love their it, race cars so what was it like to do that to go to Loudon? sorry um and what i point out to people is i'm like look at all the campers around like none of these people are making the races everyone's just here to drink and party and have fun you know like the people who do go to the races like love it and uh it is so cool like like for me, that racetrack like means family, right? Like I went there and like my family had four campers there, you know, like big fire pits and like it was a whole like they camped out for the whole week, you know. And uh, no, dude, I totally get what you're saying, man. It's so cool to like. I just wish there was like little changes, like night racing. I wish um, maybe they added a little banking. Who knows? But 
made the racing more excited, but definitely not racing. It'd be cool. I, 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 it is on the, the, wherever my list is there, there's a little box there that I, I will check at some point where I, I'm going to do something out loud in, in a race car. And I, I'm convinced that I'm going to do it. I don't know when or how or in what, um, but I, I am pretty bound and determined to make that happen. Somehow. Dude, hell yeah, man. Yeah. He's, he's going to race a classic light around the turn one uh, oval <laughs> deal. I've been dying. I've been dying to get in a legend car when they do the road course races there. I think that'd be so cool. I, I, I don't know how that would go if I did that. I, <laughs> I, I have just enough, like very limited kind of road course experience and like literally one legend car race in my belt to where I might land in the food stand if if we do that so uh, if you do it let me know we'll try to hook it up and we'll and we'll race together maybe <laughs> that'd be fun uh, just accidentally landed in the bathhouse but at least he's first in line yes yeah. you know once you get up off being on, on fire jesus there's <laughs> fucking i think it's brad had a stroke yeah that's okay <laughs> uh, um, so um I, I continue to say it but your story is so cool and we thank you for coming on and and one of the ways I like to kind of close these conversations out hey, is we can't wrap up now, man. Come on, we just no, I'm not done now. yet. I'm not done yet, but it's a question I have to ask everybody. Okay. Uh, and and it, it kind of it kind of ends the the whole like you've made it to the top and all that stuff. But you you, you started off racing ship boxes, you're in NASCAR now, you've gotten to do the cool stuff, you, you've gone to loud and you've done you know all the things that you know we dream of here in, in the New England area for, for to anybody who's ever raced a car. But what is it yeah, and what is like the deep down like DNA portion of you that why do you have to be at the racetrack? Like what what brings CJ McLaughlin to the racetrack? This is going to sound sappy, but just to make my dad proud, you know, like he sacrificed so much when I was younger. It's like I just want to make my dad proud. That's it. That's it, man. Fuck, man. You're trying to get me back into Little League. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, dude, like. Yeah, my dad was such a, like he sacrificed so much just for us to raise ship boxes. You know what I mean? So like, you know, just I, you know, and like, and now, now it's like I now now more so too. Like, it's, I want to make my sponsors proud, right? Because they they've now invested so much in me that like I want to make them proud. So it's just I just want to do right by them. You know, I I I really I so I I like that answer. That's probably one of the cooler answers that we've had to that question, and I, I like to ask everybody that because you. You get a myriad of different answers when you ask that. Um, yeah. Honestly, when I when I had to stop racing in 2008, like it's funny, man. You get that itch. Like my dad kind of joked around, with this, like you know, my fam my family members gave my dad a hard time because they were like, "Oh, you're spending so much money on this, like why?" And he was like, "He was like, my my kid will never be addicted to drugs. Like he'll spend all his money on racing, and it's true. Like right. I spent every dollar I have on racing. That's right. fine. Drugs would be cheaper though. Yeah, right." Right. Like, I don't have enough money for drugs because no, all my money is going to my race car. Well, you, most, most people succeeded with a, a portion of the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> yeah, a, right. a lot of racers like to dabble in the alcohol portion of that, but, you know, at, least, right. at least you're not on the drugs. That's yeah. good. <laughs> no, I, I actually I really do like that answer. And, uh, you know, so I, I am Charlie Sanborn, but I am actually Charles Edward Sanborn III. So. Uh, my dad, you know, I, I, from day one, I shared a name with my dad and, yep. um, you know, he used to race, uh, what's called wildcats, or I guess you would call it a street stock at this point. Dude, and, yeah. I've seen your dad race before, man. Yeah. And, uh, he, he stopped. I started racing go-karts in 2001 and, and to do that, 
you know, I, I was five years old ish watching him. And, uh, he, he had, you know, said, you know, is this something that you'd be interested in? I said, yeah, it, it definitely is. So between the ages of five and seven, you know, Maine here, I, I don't think does mass do the foot, the, the red bottle redemptions. Yeah. Yeah. So, for literally for two years, I saved up bottles and cans going up and down the roads and, you know, like asking my grandmother and all the neighbors and all that for their returnables. And I would go. And that was what I did for two years to save up and buy my first go-kart when I was seven. And we did that. And I raced go-karts for a while. And, um, you know, it was just something that him and I did. It was our thing. And, you know, we, we had no money. We, we didn't know what we were doing at all. And, and it was to the point where, you know, we're showing up with go-karts with like three different bodies, like molded and mashed together. It looked ridiculous, but you know, we, we were, we ended up, you know, started winning races and then like, oh shit, we're in the points and oh, okay. Now we're traveling and doing all these things. And, um, it was always really cool to have that relationship with him where, you know, not only do I have the same name as him, but I get to show that off and, and have him be proud of me. So it's, that was always really cool. And, uh, you know, recently I lost him, unfortunately, but last year, uh, when he was sick, okay. I, I, I got to do like a throwback scheme to him. And, and I thought he, like, he was just on over the moon, excited about that whole deal. And that's something that I'll always remember in terms of being able to do that for him and, and, and just have that moment with him. So I, I respect the shit out of that answer where it's just like, you know, the, the very basis of it is like, you know, I just wanted to make my dad proud. So that, yeah. that, that was the correct answer. Good job. <laughs> that's funny. No, dude, like I, I, uh, no, that dude, that, that's a great story that you have too, man. Like, cause it's like, it's very much like, like, well, the, like the, the, back, the, back in the day when the when OCC was on, it's like you and your dad were fighting. Fuck you, man. It's fucking car sucks. <laughs> Can't turn. And it's like fighting like crazy, you know, but like you butt heads and you, you get back together and go work on the car some more. And, and, you know, you, you've been fortunate enough to have him with you while you kind of go up to, to the top ranks and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I'm sure that that's a very cool thing to, for you two to have. Um, but one of the, the harder things that I I've had to experience is that again, I lost him very recently. And the, the goal for us was always, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna be racing super late models. We don't know how, we don't know when, we don't know what car, we don't know what it will be, but that's, we're going to end up there somewhere somehow. And I gotten a, a couple different unexpected phone calls in terms of, you know, get, getting the, the ride. And then all of a sudden it became mine. And then you know, the funding fell into place with, with Ben and, and, and Hudson Speedway on the quarter panels. And it sucks that that was the one thing my dad never got to see, you know, that we finally, oh, dude, he's, came... definitely, dude, he's definitely looking down, like, you know, with you, man, you know, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it sucks, but it, it's, I, like you said, you know, that he's, he's around somewhere, you know, he's, he's doing right. something, being a peckerhead somewhere. And, and it's, it's, it's still cool to be able to do that and have that experience, but it's such a, it's such a weird time to be at the racetrack without him there. You know what I mean? Which oh, you know, yeah. I, I thank God you haven't had to do that yet, but um, yeah. it's, it's, it, it'll be a weird deal whenever it does happen. And um, yeah. 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 And my dad always tells me how he misses me uh, watching me play sports. I think next time I have a tea time, I'm going to see if he wants to tag along and just watch me and uh, <laughs> see how, see how uh, unimpressed he can be with how angry I get that. I just double bogeyed, but Dude. I better cornhole. I I don't golf. Like I I I can hit the ball kind of. I don't know where. I couldn't tell you where it's gonna go though. And I've gone with him twice just to like be drunk and drive the golf cart. Uh -huh. There, 
there was just a shot. It was golf. He's doing golf things. He, he messed the shot up. I'm like, okay, well, that that's golf, I guess, right? This motherfucker, like ninja stars a, a six iron into a pond, and he was just gonna leave it. <laughs> I was. I'm yeah. like, there's no, there's no shot that that's thing. And I, I risked my life to I've, get his to I, get his club back. I can't hit below. I can't hit below <laughs> a seven iron. So quite frequently i think about how i can get rid of my six and my five so i never pull out of my bag and then i i found a very good way to get rid of it and it was a pond um and charlie had his swim trunks on apparently that day and decided that he was going to go retrieve it so uh, that's a good friend right there man that's a good friend <laughs> thank god i still have that um that's good that's you know anytime that i'm the just the, the 200 no pitching hour. wedge or sand wedge or anything and just do seven iron down well, the pair yeah that's the thing is that i i can't hit anything below a seven so it really limits me i'm either three if i'm <laughs> if i'm at six iron distance i'm three wood other than that i'm gonna have to go nine iron nine iron to just hope for the best and so it, it's yeah I, I don't know what it is about me i got some sort of mental gap i guess where i can't hit a, a club with a different loft but that's fine uh i just i'm gonna bring my dad along see if he can't he can't watch me and uh, he'll have no idea what's going on he he he's not a he's not big in sports but he always tells me how he misses me playing baseball and maybe i'll get an adult league softball game going or something and, and see if he wants Do you to have him group for you when you're running the uh, the old four banger uh, no, he actually, I don't think ever oh, went into dude. the pits ever. This, oh. is the great, this is the greatest <laughs> yeah. story ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we always joked around about being from a racing family and how I wasn't because the Charlie and, and Bobby, the other, the other guy that used to be on the show, he, uh, they, they're both, they, they have family ties in racing. My family, there is not one single tie in actually I have a very distant, very, very distant cousin who I've seen three times in my life. That was a crew guy for Richie Evans. So that. That's how I got the itch, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, so uh, my dad, I got a, I got a truck, obviously, and I was racing Oxford one time. First time I ever raced Oxford, and uh, so my dad was used to watching me at Beechridge, and I don't even think he went to all my races there. But he never once has been in the pit area ever. Um, and so I invited him. I'm like, hey, I'm racing Oxford tonight. Like, come up and watch. He's like, all right, sounds good. So Oxford and Beechridge are very similar. I don't know what it was, but I was way faster in practice at Oxford than Beechridge, and we didn't really change anything. So I'm like, all right, like I'm pretty excited for tonight. Well, I go out there in the heat race, started dead last. I, I think I finished like fourth or something like that. And my dad goes, oh, like good run. Like, and I'm like, thanks. Like, and so whatever race goes on um, and they're doing like an autograph session on the front stretch. Well, I'm like, oh, I'll go pull the truck out there and see my dad and see my mom. And, and cause I think my, my, my mom might've gone to one race ever. And I raced like 21, 23 times. I don't, I don't anymore. Um, but she, she wasn't big on coming, um, or being supportive in any aspect, but that's fine. Um, so my dad, I texted my this dad, is, this is a mommy issues. I texted my, uh, texted my dad and I'm like, Hey, I'm coming out to the front stretch. Like, you know, come down and, and come down and see me. And he goes, we're, we're, we're at home. Where, where are you? And I'm like, I'm at the racetrack. And he's like, we're, we watched your race already. We're, like you, we went back out. You're running two races tonight. I'm like, Oh my God, you watched my yeah. race and then left. And he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you had another race. I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right. That was like my 15th or 16th race ever. So, um, uh, that tells you all you need to know about how deeply rooted my racing family ties are. Yeah. Gotcha, man. That's that. <laughs> right in the fields yeah yeah it was it was yeah well he, he at least tried to be supportive that's that's yeah. good for something 
race. I think there would have been hands that like between me and my dad if he missed a fucking race or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. My, my dad didn't even show up until after practice the last like fucking 10 years. Like I, uh, I would be there like by myself sometimes. And then like some of the crew guys would show up and then like, I might have three or four people at most uh, until I met Matt and he was just always there all the time. But um, yeah, he, he was very much just a cheerleader. <laughs> he was, he was just a figurehead, but he loved it. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I guess the next question, what, what's your next plan? What's your next race? What are you doing? What car are you going to be in? Where are we? Where are uh, we yeah, going? we're actually figuring that out right, you. right now. Um, so it looks like my next race will be, I think Richmond or Darlington, probably not Darlington, but Richmond It's probably going to be it. We're going to, we're going to do Michigan, but, uh, something came up. So. So what's, what's your, have you, have you run there before? Do we like that place? Richmond? I did. I ran the at car there when they had the at races there and then ran the Xfinity race there. And it's like, that's one of the things where it's like a lot like practice. I was out to lunch qualifying way out to lunch. And then the race, I picked it up with like 20 laps in and then I lost uh, an axle in the right rear. And I actually was Cole Custer had passed me on the inside and I was like losing it. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. said I had a good save there. So I claimed the fame on one race. Like, oh, good save. Uh, CJ McLaughlin. That's <laughs> 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 my name. Pronounce it out loud. Uh, so, so what's your prep going to be? What, how, how do you get ready for Richmond? Cause it, it's gotta be tough, you know, having, having breaks in between races and not being fully in a routine. Yeah, man. My last, my last interview, I said CrossFit and everyone gave me shit about that, but I do, uh, I work out as much as I can. Um, something I had, I had a huge joke at Atlanta, so I'm going to spend more time in the sauna. Just, just, just being here. Innards, you know? basically. What's up? You're basically just going to bake your innards so that they're ready. Dude, like that was, I was, I was pissed off. I was like, I'm a fucking failure. Like I fucking got out of the car before the end of the race, blah, 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 blah. And then someone was like, well, if it's 130 degrees inside the car and steak is rare at 150 degrees, like <laughs> kind of we're bacon. And I'm like, ah, well, pussy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so are you, you going to be doing iRacing stuff? Are you going to be doing? Yeah, yeah so a lot of iRacing. Like, You're going to be using that? So I'll, I'll let you know one of my secrets. Uh, TJ Majors has been, a, has been my coach uh, the last two weeks before going to Atlanta and New Hampshire. So me and him will go on I racing together and he'll be like, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. Stop diving like an idiot. Um, and just give me like a lot of good pointers of like how, how the race progress. There's a lot of ebb and flows. Like it's hard. Like you're fucking so pumped up at the start of a race. Like you're, it's hard to like, you know, people are like, Oh, how do you get pumped up for a race? And it's like, I don't have to, man. I'm trying to calm down. <laughs> yeah. So I guess another question I have too, is that you do have such an intermittent schedule. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're kind of picking and choosing where, where you can and can't go. Um, th- does that ever create like a disconnect between you and the team maybe, or are you ever, are you in constant contact? Are you, are you just very much a show up and then they ask you like three or four questions and you try to tweak on the car? The, the teams I race with. So like going so I, I i always go down and get fitted in the car before the race like if this is a new team i'm working with i get fitted in the race car before the race um what the fuck was that? so like i just talked to the crew chief um beforehand there's the only communication is like telling them it's like a one through ten tight 
or like a two through 10, three through 10, like what they're like, you know, what, if, if I'm saying like eight out of 10, like, are they like, is that a lot for him? You know, is that like a middle amount? So like just trying to, it definitely grows. But like some of these teams are so used to having a driver jump in and out and having a new driver every weekend. It doesn't, I think, I think if I was at like a, the Joe Gibbs level, like that would matter, you know, but where we're at right now, it doesn't really play a huge part into it. So, so that, so they, Cause there, there's tracks where it's like, it's like funny. You like, you think I would have this like huge input, like, oh man, it's tight in here. It's snug in here. It's loose off. I'm like, I think it's loose off. You know, I think I'm losing a little speed there. Like, and then that comes back to the self doubt thing though, right? Like knowing how hard I'm pushing the car versus like, like my inputs versus what the car is naturally doing. It, do you think that that's, I mean, that's gotta be something that you, you, obviously feels a lack for you as well too where you you just don't have the reps you don't have the the oh, definitely a little bit yeah definitely definitely quite a bit too that does that ever play with your head in terms of like you know fuck if i just wish i could you know you know be full-time or if i could just do whatever i need to do you know i i wouldn't be running wherever i am uh, a little bit like like texas like i texas in 2019 i was running top 15 speed with 30 laps to go so it's like I finally got it a hundred laps in, you know, and it's like, well, that's a hundred laps too late, but you know, it's, it's a learning experience. So like now the next time, the next time I go there, I can just build on, build on what I learned. So it's just that constant, it's that constant pressure to get, keep the sponsor happy and get more sponsors. Hopefully. You have any questions, Bradley? I don't think so. No, I, I mean, I, no, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what we haven't touched base on because Charlie always wraps these up with that one question that he asked you, what keeps you coming back to the racetrack? And then you said we couldn't end and we <laughs> continued on for like another half an hour. And I feel like all my questions I'd already burnt up. I usually don't ask anything. Do, but do I you have any more cool to like talk to racing guys too, you know, like you guys understand the Northeast like racing. And so like, I'll tell you guys were talking about New Hampshire. This is the story I kind of brushed over, but I, I worked with Eric McClure's team, Martin McClure racing for like a K&N race. I was just like helping out. Like that, that was the kind of thing like, Oh, I'm going to help them out. And they're going to give me a deal on a race, you know? No, and, uh, <laughs> right. No, and, uh, so I was helping out with them and one of the kids was like, he was a racer from Tennessee and he was like, can't believe how many people are still here for the K&N race. And like, uh, I think the crew chief was Chris Carrier who was still, um, crew chiefs for Henderson Motorsports on the 75 truck. And uh, he was like, dude, they're racers up here, man. They fucking love racing. And it's like, yeah, it's true. I was like, I was like, proud. Like, fuck yeah, we are. Yeah. Well, it, was, it was cool for us, I guess, kind of touching on that. I guess listening to the uh, door bumper clear this week where Freddie Kraft was was at our party last week. And he said that he was going to show up and he did, which was good. Um, not to name names, but Noah Gregson didn't show up. And he said he would too. So, um, but they, they they said on the uh, they said on the podcast that we did a good job, so that's that's good to know. And and TJ and Freddie both were saying, well, Freddie's from is TJ from up here? Or is he from? He's, he's from somewhere upstate New York, near Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, so I guess kind of. But he, they were both saying how they're that everyone up here is racers. They just love racing, and so and we get out and like like they were saying that it used to be Friday you'd have the mod all star race, and then Saturday was a full slate of racing, and you'd just show up on Thursday and just get drunk the whole weekend. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping more mod races like like I'm hoping that All Star race comes back next year. You know, yeah. Um, I'm not sure about the Musket 250. Um, that's a, that's a story for another day. But um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, you might get yourself in trouble. <laughs> Fuck it, right? <laughs> what are they gonna fire me? Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Uh, so when are you going to be back out this way? Or are you just, you going to be, you get, you looking at any junkyards around here or what? Yeah, I'm actually flying out to Boston uh, tomorrow. So oh, shit. I got to go up, I got to go up to Portland and then uh, see, I got to go see AIM recycling up, up in, uh, I think they're Bangor. They're like, they're North. They're Stop they're over. North. We're on the way. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no racks and maybe. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. Huh? <laughs> you said it wasn't a Noah Gregson, maybe. Oh, wait. <laughs> Means he might actually show up. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure it out because I had so much faith in Noah actually showing up that I he threw me off there with that <laughs> one as a curveball. I had Noah I, and yeah, he he was actually on last week's podcast. And for the people that listen to the show right as it drops, they heard it. But I meant to cut it out because we FaceTimed him while we were on the mics, and he was very much. Uh, having a good time with a lot of folks and it wasn't necessarily something where uh, the lady that did the thing earlier said recording in progress Um, didn't necessarily have any uh, inkling that he was being recorded I don't think Um, he didn't say anything bad but I mean it was just something that I felt like we probably shouldn't put on the airwaves (laughs) just because you know you never know and uh, so he was on the show for uh, about I think until the next morning wait yeah the next morning I got home from work I got went on my lunch break and I came home and pulled it off the way airwaves and re-uploaded it without that in there. So I had a couple of people today message me and be like, where did the no interview go, dude? That was so funny. It was just, I mean, he, he was not responding to our buddy Jake and Jake was just yelling at him. It was, it was, it was a good, it was a good piece of content, but at least he showed up for the, that's, that's why I kind of thought that he, we did alcohol a lot on Saturday and uh, he, he was very, he promised us he was showing up and he, he apparently didn't, but he was on the show. So yeah, he, he was least... like, he was like in and out day of, yeah. like he showed up that morning, left right after the race, but, yeah, but, the, which, uh... which is weird to me. That, that seems like a weird, I don't know. The only reason I stayed around, my buddies have a, my buddies actually took my uncle's old camp spot, which is, you know, where the three rock is like, yep. the, so like they had that camper right there and we were just partying up and we had some sponsors who were down to party so we had a good time after the race too so. you can't say no if the sponsor wants to party you, <laughs> exactly they were all but they were like we want to go to x lot and i was like have fun man oh, oh that was on. us yeah. that was us you guys <laughs> are in the party yeah yeah we uh it was rain it was rain or shine was this uh this must have been saturday night did they not did you not have an umbrella uh we no i didn't have an umbrella you were in a prime spot not to get flooded though because i would have all just gone right down the hill yeah, that would have been yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, can't wait till next Loudon weekend. Yeah, got to do it bigger and better. That's the yeah. That's the you guys will have to swing by my uh, my pre race cookout and get some uh, get some food in there. Oh, sound sounds I, good. I never say no. Do we food. do we need uh, a VIP lanyard yeah, do, do to we, tuck into a yeah. or whatever? Do, do we need hard? Actually, you will be. Yeah. Oh, we're media. We're good. We're we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at my look at my wristband. I made it myself. <laughs> <laughs> It was comical. It was just that whole weekend was. There were there were like five pretty significant things promised to us. None of which happened. So there was that. So basically, it just made us want to party even harder. Yeah. So, yeah, that was show them. That was what happened. So that's like it. So talking about the NASCAR stuff, like pretty misconception on my part, like I'm going to become a NASCAR driver. So I'm like pitching all these sponsors and how they're going to get a bunch of tickets for me. And then come to find out, NASCAR drivers don't get free tickets. The fuck? Cool. I had to buy my own <laughs> tickets. I couldn't believe it, man. I was like thrown thrown off. I, I thought like NASCAR drivers would be like discounted tickets or anything. Nope. 
Interesting. I, I, I guess I, I didn't know that I either. Didn't, but I didn't even really think about they, that, but that is kind of strange. Yeah. Suck, sucks that you promised that to all those people, that stimmy check. <laughs> no, uh, no, they never really took it up, crazy. took me up on it, you know? Oh, no. Well, never mind. Fuck them then. Fuck. <laughs> well, it sounds Fuck like we'll be, it sounds like we'll be seeing you here shortly. Yeah. Yeah, stop on by. Yeah, for sure. All right. Do you have any, any, any last questions for us? <laughs> any closing? Um, yeah, when's the next race at, uh, at Oxford? Ooh, Oxford, well, probably Saturday night, but um, the, the 250 is probably the next big one. I don't think there's any pass races there, are there? I think that they might have one the first weekend of August, but that's the 250 is, is just yeah, the, so it's clo- so close that. I, w- uh, I would say the 250 might actually be our next banger. What's 250 weekend? Is that the 30th? The, yes. 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 You guys have the week off, I believe. Oh, so it's this weekend, right? No, no August. Yeah, it's August. August. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's usually like a NASCAR off week because like Derek Nealand will run it and all that. Oh, no, that, that's, I think, if I remember correctly, that is Daytona because I think the cup race is on Saturday night. Uh, like that's what he had to do last last year. Oh, and then he flew in. Yeah, and then yeah, he flew in like the sense. day of. Might be wrong, but also could yeah. also be right. Daytona is the weekend of the twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Yeah, yeah. So look at me. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm the scheduler of the podcast. I very much. I'm, I'm the one that looks. Everything. I'm the one that looks at a calendar once a year at least. Oh, guys, I forgot to apologize for jumping on the podcast late. My, my bad. Uh, oh yeah, you were very yeah. That was about on time for me. Yeah, so. it was very very tardy. Well, so I I actually got home from the gym and I came down here, set up the laptop and everything, and it was like six twenty four, and Charlie was nowhere to be found. So I texted him. I said, "Hey, are you awake?" And he came down at like six twenty seven. I'm like, "You're really close to just that." We had we were supposed to interview Thad Moffat at one point, and it ended up being just a me thing because uh, we said eight o'clock, and it was like eight forty five, and Charlie's like, "I'm on the way home," and I'm like, "Okay, all right." That's- was Thad Moffat on the call? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he called in, he'd, he'd been texting me and he was like, you want me to jump on? And I'm like, ah, give me a couple minutes. And then Charlie wasn't responding. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. And it was a very awkward interview. It was just him and I staring into each other's eyes and just having a grand old time. But it, a lot of the stories that, so we, we met Thad in Daytona and a lot of the stories were, are not able to be said on the airwaves. So it was kind of hard to navigate those waters. He, he gave me some like interesting insight to how the cup deals are structured with the drivers. And it's really interesting on how, like how that stuff works, you know, in, in terms of like their contract layouts or what? Yeah. Like how much, so for example, like how much they have to bring and like how much they get paid per race and stuff. And like the percentage they get from the winnings, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we'll have to ask him about that next time he comes on. Yeah. Hopefully Charlie's here for that. Yeah. yeah you were, you were like, three minutes late maybe so you're fine yeah yeah it, it, it's been a good one we, we also said 6 30 to 7 so you were technically <laughs> right in the window but, i was so happy I, I checked instagram i was like oh shit you gonna do that tonight because <laughs> i was like kind of like nonchalant like, hey guys have me on like, yeah, have a sunday and i was like oh right, sure yeah then didn't think about it <laughs> yeah well it's hard usually we can't get people on because it's a sunday and people got things to do yeah. on a Sunday. My, my wife's a little pissed off that I haven't done the dishes yet. So uh, she'll get over it. Just tell her we said it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> that one works. Now, now you can fly to Boston and leave them sitting there and just come party with us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. That'll make them happy or happy, but yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, have fun at work tomorrow. <laughs> get that guys. 
<laughs> All right. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, hopefully at the end of this, everybody knows CJ McLaughlin a little bit better than when this started. I, I sure as fuck do. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been really cool. It uh, probably won't be the last time either. You know, I, I think we'll check up on you, see where you're at. Yeah. You know, later. Oh, appreciate it, man. So, um, I think that, I think our, our pals and gals will be, be fans of that. So, uh, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, I think that that was actually really cool on your part. And, uh, you know, thank you for coming on this shitty little podcast that, you know, some people like, <laughs> no, it's great. Thanks for having me on guys. Hopefully, hopefully we'll grab a beer here and like, 48 hours or whatever yeah whenever you're up, <laughs> whenever you're up there tuesday, tuesday night it's a date sounds good well <laughs> well you get it threesome. depends on who's going to the shipping container is it a threesome yeah at that point yeah maybe i all guess right. so all right well thanks for coming on we'll see you tuesday <laughs> <laughs> race car race car here we go race car